0: or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. So welcome back. And I thought that this week, being a warm, humid Labor Day weekend, might be a great weekend to talk about cognitive dissonance. I don't know why, (laughs) but isn't that a psychobabble term for you? Cognitive dissonance. How do you get someone to like you? Let's say you want your neighbor to like you, right? How do you get him to like you? Do you give him 20 bucks every time you see him? Tell him how great his new lawnmower mows that lawn? What do you do to get him to like you? Well, one way is to get, let's call him Sam, to get Sam to do you a favor. Hey, Sam, can you come over and hoe my garden for me? So in Sam's mind, he's in a situation where he has to do something he doesn't agree with. He doesn't want to have to dig your garden. So what does he do to kind of mitigate that uh, discomfort? Well, there are a few ways. One way, is he could sell his house and move. Another way is that he could come over and hoe the garden. But he's going to be seething, right? He's going to be angry. Why am I doing this? Why is he making me do this? So in order for Sam to kind of balance out his emotions, he has to kind of justify that you are worth worth the effort. So he elevates his thinking about you as a friend. And he's doing this now out of friendship because you're such a great guy and he wants to do this for you. So get someone to do you a favor and they'll have to think more highly of you. So that's, I mean, think about it. You can't go north and south at the same time. If I'm asking Sam to hoe my garden, uh, he's going to feel an awful lot of stress unless he can justify doing it. By justifying doing it, by making me this valuable person to Sam, what happens is that now he has developed a kind of balance, a consistency. He's putting in his effort and hoeing that garden, and he's not resenting it. He's not mad at himself for, for not saying no. Uh, he's he's now feeling consistent. I'm hoeing the garden because Joe Luciani's such a great guy. So everybody's in harmony, especially Sam doing my garden. So we humans, we like internal consistency. Reminds me of a long while ago, I was walking somewhere in an abandoned area. It might have been a wooded path. I don't know. It was it was a desolate place, and I had a cough drop. I took the wrapper and I crumpled it up in my finger. I dropped it on the ground and I kept walking. I created dissonance as I was walking. Part of me was saying, "Wait a second, you you just." drop that. You don't like to see litter. You do care about the environment. So how could you litter? So you see, there's the cognitive dissonance. My mind was saying my action, dropping that wrapper, was inconsistent with my values, with my belief system. So that created a bit of stress. And it was that stress that said, well, what are you gonna do about it? And I went back, I picked up the wrapper, and I put it in my pocket. Now, that may seem absurd to you, but nevertheless, I decided I was going to live consistent with my values. To live in an inconsistent fashion would be shabby, and I did not want to be a shabby person, so I went back and picked up that wrapper. I see many people who live with their inconsistencies. I see rappers on the road. I see dogs in the keep dogs out areas. I see people cutting lines. Let's take, for example, on the road. I know sometimes when we visit our friends out in Long Island, we go across the Cross Island Expressway, I guess it's called, and there's an exit there for the long island expressway the infamous lie and invariably the cars are queued up half a mile long waiting to get into that exit and we not going into that exit drive by and i see always what we call the cheaters they're the ones that don't get at the back of that line. They just keep driving and driving and driving. And right up where the exit is, they just nose right in and push their way into the line. Those are the cheaters. And I said to my wife, that's cheating. That's that's not a good thing. Everyone else had to wait in line, and they're just cheating. And my wife said, well, that may be, but maybe they feel that's just being smart, that... That's a good thing to do because now they saved a minute and 30 seconds off their commute. So that's just smart. And I guess that's the essence of cognitive dissonance. If I'm one of the cheaters in that automobile, I could cheat and feel, oh, God, that was horrible, but I needed to get here faster. Or I could just shrug it it off and say, hey, man, that's pretty cool. I just saved a minute and 30 seconds. That was pretty smart when we say that smart, we're really eliminating the dissonance, the stress that we feel, and we're buying into kind of the false belief that we're allowed to do things that are inconsistent with our views on life. So it's a, it's a rationalization. Last week in the podcast, I talked about my infamous baseball bat, the one when I was about eight years old that I found at the athletic field or at least I was the one that first spotted it lying in the woods, and brought it home and put some screws in and taped it up because it was split. And Antonio, a neighbor down the block, for whatever reason, maybe because he thought he saw it first, I don't recall, but he said it was his bat, and I said it was my bat. And we got into a tiff together. Well, unless you want to listen to last week, I'll just sum it up by saying, well, it got into a uh, a match where Antonio left crying. And I felt it was my bat. I deserve that bat. I fixed that bat. And Antonio cried. So where was the cognitive dissonance? Well, the dissonance was that I wasn't okay with that. I felt guilty. Why did I feel guilty? Why did I feel dissonance? Well, because I'm not that kind of person. You know, I'm not that selfish. I don't certainly don't like to hurt people's feelings. Even as a kid, I didn't like to hurt people's feelings. I was always more compassionate. So I had to alleviate my dissonance. I had to do something to not feel like a complete jerk. And the way I did that is that I justified the action with a rationalization, you know, that I screwed it together, I taped it. It's, you know, it was kind of a legitimate rationalization. But the truth was that in order to take that bat, I had to go against who I was, my value system. I had to hurt the other person. And the good news from that bat story is that sometimes cognitive dissonance can often lead to positive changes. Now, that dissonance remained with me because I felt the guilt and the shame for being something I wasn't. My actions were not consistent with who I wanted to be and who I thought I was. So that stress that came from feeling that cognitive dissonance kind of enlightened me that, you know, who do you really want to be? And it it affected me for a long time. It made me a lot more conscious of, you know, just not being shabby with my actions, but to be a bit more conscious of who and what I was. So not liking myself led to life changes. Now, eight years old, It was catalytic. I mean, I think that I've become more in touch with who I need to be and who I don't need to be as well. So we can learn from the dissonance because the dissonance gets us in touch with the schism between who we are, you know, the beliefs, the values, the ideas, and also how we act. And when there's inconsistency, if you kick that can down the road and just go on rationalizing and becoming one of those cheaters, well, you don't learn too much, obviously, and you start to develop a kind of opaqueness to who you really need to be. So there is a distinct advantage to allowing dissonance, the stress of dissonance, to bring you to a place where you're, you're beginning to question the dissonance that you're feeling. You know, why am I feeling so out of sorts with myself? Why am I feeling so uncomfortable with myself? But well, these are good leading questions. And like me with the wrapper the on my cough drop, you can make some decisions to be more in line with who you need to be. Now, that alignment is critical because the more we become aligned with ourselves, the less friction we feel with ourselves. There is a consistency that brings about harmony. And this is why understanding cognitive dissonance is important. Because when you do things that are inconsistent with your values, you do have to either justify them or make some changes. And in order to avoid justifying cheating or littering or doing such things, we have to strive for psychological maturity. Now, what is psychological maturity? Well, it's it's really facing life head on. It's learning that if you want to be a certain type of person, well, you have to be a certain type of person. So you can't be a certain type of person sometimes and then another time. That inconsistency, you can get away with it. But ultimately, it erodes the quality of you, your personality, and your own sense of harmony. So being more consistent not only eliminates cognitive dissonance, but it also puts you in touch with your better self. You ever hear the term fake it till you make it you know behaviorally i think that's okay i mean a lot of times we we tell clients act as if you like yourself and you know that kind of generates a kind of optimism you're playing the role like an actor or actress on the stage and what happens is you you kind of get a feel for being or acting that optimism acting as if can be a good behavioral technique for changing your behavior but When it comes to cognitive dissonance, on the other hand, it could be the ultimate rationalization. You could save face if you believe it's necessary to to fake it, to lie in order to one day make it. You say, well, it's okay if I step on a few toes because ultimately I'll be able to, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's okay if, if it hurts a few people because it's going to get me to a place where I'll be able to help people. I'll fake it till I make it. It's like a politician who tells you not to believe your lion eyes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't Let's not get into politics. But another great example of this would be um, Elizabeth Holmes. You may or may not be aware of who she is. She was once the world's youngest self-made female billionaire. She was just 19 years old when she dropped out of Stanford to start a company called Theranos. Now, what what she did is she claimed to have developed a revolutionary blood testing technology capable of running dozens of blood tests from one single drop of blood. And they ran it through this machine. She knew that she couldn't perform those tests, but she misled a number of people, from investors to patients. She faked it till she made it, and she made it right into prison. (laughs) But you see, sometimes to resolve dissonance we get into these hyper-rationalizations, and maybe maybe we convince ourselves that it's okay. Or as Shakespeare would say, and I, I dare to quote Shakespeare, oh, what a web we weave when we choose to deceive. And in this case, we deceive ourselves. We're saying that we believe one thing, but our actions are saying another thing. And that's okay, because I have a rationalization for why my shabby actions can be justified. I don't know about Elizabeth Holmes. Maybe, maybe she believed that she was going to get it, but it wasn't there and she lied about it. She didn't have it. But in order to quell her dissonance, she had to buy time, which ran out. Now she's buying <laughs> she's buying a lot of time right now. But let's take someone, let's take another example. Let's take a heavy smoker. Any addiction. Addictions are the worst when it comes to cognitive dissonance. They are the most difficult whether it's dieting or cigarette smoking or whatever it might be. They know they shouldn't be smoking, bad for their health, and that's where they experience dissonance. Well, what are you going to do with that? I know it's bad for my health, but I need to have that cigarette. So there's cognitive dissonance. Your actions and your beliefs are at odds. Now, what what does a smoker do? Let's use the smoking example. In order to reduce the dissonance, they could, one, they could quit smoking. That would immediately put them in line with their beliefs, right? They could change their belief on the effects smoking has on health. They could go into denial. doesn't really cause lung cancer. They could add a new belief by looking for positive effects of smoking. Well, it reduces my anxiety. It just makes me relax. Well, maybe they can even reduce the importance of their belief by convincing themselves that the risks of smoking are minuscule compared to the risks of accidents on the road by automobiles. So when we do this kind of mental gymnastics, when you do this by thinking up positives for your choice, for example, smoking, and negatives for the other option, quitting, your brain feels better because you're feeling more aligned with your behavior. So when we have behavior, or beliefs or attitudes that are misaligned, we have to do something to kind of rectify that. Now, in the case of smoking, it's, it's kind of black and white. You quit smoking. But there's a whole host of things which we just went through where you can rationalize. But if you buy into these rationalizations, denials, you're also making your brain feel better because you're reducing dissonance. See, dissonance is a state of disarray. You know, you're not in a happy place when you're feeling cognitive dissonance. You're stressed, you're you're out of tune with yourself, out of step, and you're just trying to feel more in step. But as uncomfortable as dissonance is, keep in mind it is a path towards self-awareness. I mean, there's always a part of you that knows better. So if you're really, really honest with yourself, if you're a smoker, if you're a liar, if you're, I don't know, whatever your inconsistencies may be, if you really sit down with yourself, you realize you're justifying, you're rationalizing, you're denying. You know the truth, and the truth is what you need to get to, and it will set you free. So psychological maturity, yeah, that's that's what we're after. That's being able to, as I mentioned, face life head on. Who do we want to be? Who do you want to be? Are you being who you want to be? And I go back to my littering example. As they used to say in theater, there are no small roles, just small actors. And in psychology, there are no small accomplishments. They are cumulative and they matter. So who do you want to be? You got to make that decision. And then you have to kind of observe your actions. Now, you you may say, "Well, that's that's quite an ordeal." Well, keep in mind that this the one one area where cognitive dissonance can really help out because it creates stress. So, when you feel the dilemma of being out of sync with your life, when like me with the bat, just feeling guilty and shamed, uh, you know that's an area where you can have insight. So. Cognitive dissonance can get you in touch with the inconsistencies and can foster the awareness that's necessary for you to become the whole person that you want to be. So you have to avoid taking the easy road. What's the easy road? Well, denial, rationalization, or other forms of self-deception. Maturity, I just have to say it again and again, maturity demands that we face life. You know, it's that Old child reflex I talk about every week that says that life is too hard to handle, that we don't want to have to do the hard things, to stop smoking, be a better person, work harder. It's not easy to face life, but that's what maturity is about. The child wants to escape. And we might even say from a self-coaching standpoint that, you know, when we get into the justification of inconsistent behavior and actions or beliefs, et cetera, that we're being more childlike. You know, the child uh, doesn't want to take responsibility. And that's where it really comes down to. It's all about taking responsibility. Now, we want to eliminate dissonance not by kicking the can down the road, but by taking responsibility for who we determine that we want to be. That's a big responsibility, obviously. Who do you want to be? Well, do you want to be an honest person? Do you want to be a good person, etc.? If that's what you want, then you have to take responsibility. Anything less is childish. You're just wishing you were a better person rather than becoming a better person. So in conclusion, I would like to say That cognitive dissonance is an internal tool for building self-awareness, and in order to live your life with purpose, with clarity, and with passion, you need these tools to understand when you're losing sight of your internal compass. What is that compass? Well, as we just mentioned, it's defining who you want to be. That's your north. That's your north star. So if you start heading south, mm -mm. use dissonance as a tool to keep redirecting yourself toward the north towards awareness and by the way you could always reach me at my website selfcoaching.net in the contact section or drop me an an email at at selfcoachinghelp all one word at aol.com i'd love to hear from you so until next time remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option and by definition, victims are powerless, and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So how about you join me every week, and let's make it simple Leave together. In yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your hope.